It's just, it's just uh, Diane looking, Keaton just rides around in a blimp. Looking, looking for Mr. Goodyear. Looking for Mr. Goodyear. Uh, that's the weird. I don't that's know why the, I can't meet irony, anybody. That's the irony of the title because she's in the Goodyear blimp and she's <laughs> looking for Mr. Goodyear. I can't meet people. I'm in a blimp. I can't, how? Why am I not meeting people? I'm in a blimp. <laughs> In 1993, Brooke McEldowney began publishing his newspaper comic, Nine Chickweed Lane. Nearly 30 years later, he's still writing it. Still. And we're still reading it. What is wrong with us? I, I don't know. I'm Brooke Dillman. And I'm Jeff Drake. And this is a podcast about our obsession. This is Nine Chickweed Rage. Why did I feel that anger machine? Why is there a cord? Why is there a cord? I'm sorry, I was late because I was doing a voiceover audition where I needed a Swedish accent. <laughs> okay. And I'm a to do your name. You know, I mean, it's so bad. Sure. I don't even want to send it right. in because it's so bad. Right. You're, I, I can only imagine you're like, uh, Swedish chef, I guess. That's it. Uh, that's, I just really went back into my throat. Uh, and, uh, it's a tough one. I feel like the only way to do a Swedish accent is a terrible, like, cartoonish Swedish accent. Well, thankfully, it's for a cartoon. So that's why I'm just going to send it in as is, just ridiculous. Yeah. And then, sure. you know, and then I I'm just going to tell my agent, send it or not. You know, it's like, <laughs> th this is the best it's going like, to get. This is, it doesn't get any better. It doesn't. I get we keep going less back to stupid. We keep going back to this. Well, it is, in fact, going to get worse each yeah. time. Yeah. It is diminishing I, returns. I did them a few times. I need you to read it one apparent stick and you couldn't understand the words. <laughs> I I only understood and you couldn't understand. So you, so you proved you understand the words. Sir, you proved your point. Brick. Brick. That's Brick. a good name. That's a good name for the Brick, Swedish. You proved your point about Brick, the Swedish. You proved I, I think we're both one. 100% accurate. And since nobody in Sweden listens to this, then we will never be proven wrong. Never. Never. Even if Not. someone does, I dare them. I dare them. Call the hotline. Yep. Oh Brooke's going to set up a hotline. She's going to give you her home number because she's comfortable handing out her home number on the internet. I really kind of am at this point. <laughs> I need something to do. I need something exciting in my life. I need like, something to do. Well, you could spend oh. some time practicing a Swedish accent. Yeah. That would give you... Yeah. <laughs> what kind yeah. of reaction was that? A long E sound. I believe that's how the Swedes say yes or okay. I don't know. No. Yeah. Like we said earlier, it only gets worse from here. I right. went to learn the Swedish accent. I went to learn a thing. Things. Hey, Brooke. I have some news for you. What? I read some of Brooke McEldowney's blog. We oh, speculated. my God. We speculated. What, what did the awning say? Oh, dining, dining on, on words at chick, chickweedcafe.blogspot.com. Predictably, because it's a blog, it hasn't been updated since 2015. So it's sure. seven years ago was the last time you put anything on there. Well, and I contend that it's not because it's a blog it's because it was bad and no one was reading it like it was never uh it was never like this vibrant thing well and, and remember this that you must remember this <laughs> we change keys and accents yes yeah. key change <laughs> Anyway, it. so it's so perplexing why, of course, everything he does is entirely perplexing to us. That's the whole reason we're doing this, right? That's why I think he's in Denmark. Yeah. That's why I think he's in Denmark. I don't think you should besmirch the good name of Denmark by putting I'm not him there. I'm not besmirching the good There's name of Denmark. There's no way he listened to five episodes of this. I have read his interview, which I'm going to read you a segment oh, from. No. Oh, no. Where Hold he's on. like, I listen to no criticism. So he's, you know, but strap yourself in for this, Brooke. Strap yourself in. He is interviewed by author Alan Dean Foster. 
who is a friend, he says. And Alan Dean Foster posits the question to him. You would, by the population at large, be regarded as more than usually erudite. Oh, my God. Do you find that when you're working on either strip, because he also writes one called Pibgorn. Oh, which is it's even worse. It is even worse. It's um, even worse. That is even that's possible. Yes. Do you find that when you're working on either strip, you have to consciously tone down your vocabulary? Oh my a, god! Wait, this is just the question. To yeah, appeal, you're right. You're right. To, to appeal to a more general audience. I never tone down what I do. <laughs> that would diminish the fun of it. And I see no reason to insult my audience by writing in any other fashion. I have received correspondence from some readers who upbraided me under the misapprehension that I must think I'm so la-di-da fancy pants better than they are with my sesquipedalian vocab and so on. I used to see commentary from anonymous onliners in which... When they encountered a word they didn't know, they would ask each other what it might mean. Now brace yourself, Brooke. I never felt superior to them for that. However, I did. Oh, however. I did think my bookshelf must be in finer condition than theirs by dint of providing a dictionary. So I don't think I don't think I'm better than them, but. I'm better I than am. <laughs> Um, Jeff? Yeah, could you there's more. Please but... go get me Esme's gun. <laughs> I'm going to blow my brains out. My uh... stupid Mizzou brains out because I can't, I'm too dumb to understand. Brooke McEldowney, uh... ladies and gentlemen, the words of Brooke McEldowney. Can I tell you something? Yes. You can tell well, me many when, things. I mean, first of all, I can hardly breathe right now. <laughs> I'm, I am literally so mad. And here's one of the reasons I'm mad is because recently I'm like, is this too mean? <laughs> what we're doing? I really did. I was like, yeah. oh, man, this is pretty mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty mean. Yeah, it is. It's not mean enough. No, it's not. After hearing that, you know what? I hope you're listening, Brooke yeah. McEldowney, because it's never going to, I'm never going to stop. It's going on my gravestone I mean, about what a fuck face you are. It it was hard to read this whole God, that's It was I so, mean, I, I just, I cannot, I cannot love anymore that he was like, some people like on for on online forums, like, would be like, what is this word? I don't know this word. I don't look down on them at all. I just think I have more knowledge than that. Yes, I'm just, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, he's, but, he's a um, dick. So he's asked in this, um, there's a very gross answer to this and I have to read it. I thought I was done reading, but then I remembered this. Mm. Alan Dean Foster asks if he had considered keeping the characters frozen in time as often happened. Like in peanuts, they all always yeah. stay the same age. Yeah. Calvin. Did you, at what point did you decide they had to age and why? Cause I like boobs. It wasn't as easy as I thought it might be to freeze Edda and Amos in time. It may have to do with some inner drive to see characters develop temporally to grow in complexity, to go somewhere that satisfies. I decided possibly in 1995 that Edda needed to have a birthday and turn 13 Ah! to develop hips Ah! to think vertically. Ah! Once she turned 13, there was no turning back. Oh my God! The anchor chain was broken. Oh my! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's terrifying. It is to develop hips. But he's like that hot and into a cartoon drawing. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, god, yeah, that yeah. is. I am. This I is. Think, I, I may have to just not do today's show. <laughs> so that feels like a good transition to get us into into today's following. Show, which, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so before there was a government agency that was listening to a microphone up against a woman's vagina. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is this is the world we're living in. She had a microphone. Her developed hips. <laughs> she de- she and bosom. I bet he says bosom. Oh, probably. The creepy National Furtive right. Agency. They're creepy. They're creepy. But I feel like that's an admission from Brooke McEldoney that he knows he's being creepy by creating a world in which he decided somebody needed to listen to Etta's vagina. So anyway, it's hanging out the window. Mm. The guys from the National Furtiveness Agency are listening to it. They hear pigeons cooing and stuff and they're like now they're talking in code and so that's where we begin is after that this time around where we begin is is with a shot of etta's bikini bottom being lowered down further on a wire and then we're outside a window and what we see today are two what looks like children. There's a uh, there's a girl in a Prince Valiant haircut, and uh, and a girl with an explosion of red hair. Right, but, I mean, but Tim, it's the the girl with the Prince Valiant haircut. Prince Valiant haircut aside, looks pretty normal. She looks pretty normal. The other one looks crazy, insane, it, like a hyena. She she does look like a hyena. And so, all right, they're looking at two boxes. We don't know what the boxes are. We're looking at two boxes. We don't know what they are. And the hyena-esque child (laughs) says, My brother got a pair of inflatable historic buildings for his birthday. I think my parents have gone demented. In the next panel, we still see, and it's, it's as if, it's as if Ada is like playing with a cat toy. Cause it's like bouncing around the 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 bikini bottom is like bouncing in the window. The two girls are now sitting down. Uh, we can see on one box that it says inflatable. They both. That's all we can see is inflatable on both boxes. And the hyena girl says, "Holy moly, that thing must be eight feet long." And then we cut to the National Furtiveness Agency gentleman. The one who's apparently the boss in a black suit and black sunglasses says, what's Ed is saying to Amos now? You'll never guess. Okay. So. Oh, my God. Hilarious stuff. Okay. So. But I mean, when I, I know that voice I'm doing sounds crazy, but when you see how she's trying to get her teeth there out, I guess. No, no. Brooke is is right. When you get to this next one, this next strip. But wait. Today. But wait, what? we have we haven't talked about the the dick joke. Oh, Holy moly, that thing must be eight feet long. You know they think it's Amos and Etta talking about his penis. Right. Even well, he's thrown in another dick joke that they don't know that the voice of a child speaking is not Etta. Right. Right. When they, they have, know that pigeons weren't Etta. When they have met Etta, because they came to unhook her. Bikini bottom. After she got out of the... After she got out. And yet somehow this cord is not... Is somehow... Why is there a cord? Why is there a cord? Because it has to hang down to the second floor. Because she had to hang from a... Hang from a, a... A... A diving board. And now she has to dangle it around for all these jokes. What is it attached to? We saw last episode that a cat was playing with the end of it. So it ends. How are they listening to anything? How are they listening in? If it's wireless, why does it have a wire? Right. And when you find the cord, you finally discover it after 900 years of it being attached to your bikini bottom. You don't notice it when you pull your bikini bottom on at all. You don't notice that there is a long like guitar cable (laughs) hanging off of the back of your From 1978. That then like goes out a window. How do you get out of your house with a cord? How do you get to the pool? 
Or if you changed at the pool, how do you get out of the changing room with this cord trailing behind you? Why is there a cord? Why? Because the joke of Lois Bitter, right? Lois Bitter, he said last episode. Okay, so anyway, yeah. So it's a dick joke. So yeah, yeah. Holy moly, that thing must be eight feet long. Why would she say that? Because unless it was a dick joke. Yeah, she thinks it's yeah. So she they can do because, the, you know, the threes company. Uh-oh, Jack's talking about a dick. You and know. why would she say that thing? She's looking at a box. Yes. Wouldn't you say this thing? This. Holy cow, this thing must be eight feet tall. Yeah. Would be yeah. what you would what say. What you would say. But, he but had to that, make it you seem- can't mistake that for a dick joke. So Brooke, you you're know. right. I skipped right over a dick joke. I really apologize. Well, because there's so many. But anyway, so that, and the dumb just, guy at the computer says, "You'll never guess." Um, really? We won't. We won't. We won't guess. Are you sure <laughs> that we won't guess that it's a dick joke? Anyway, back to what Brooke was saying about the voice she's doing is very accurate, especially to the faces that are drawn in this next strip, which yeah, I mean, are so ridiculous. But we begin. With Amos and Etta, and they are getting ready to get down. Mm, with that eight-foot-long thing. Yeah, and it's like they're falling into bed. And he says, so what do you think the creepy National Furtiveness Agency are hearing over your bugged bikini bottom? Not us. That's all I care. Oh, they're about ready to fuck. But are they? Because he's starting up a conversation about right. something yeah. else. It's gonna take like look, as it's they're take falling into bed, he's like, So what do you think the creepy national for? Yeah, it's gonna take a while. Yeah. It's on her mind, so it can't be on his. Yeah. It can't be on his. So he'll he'll have a series of uh between three and thirty questions to ask her about what sure. it is they're doing currently. Why are you taking off your turtleneck? Why are you unclasping your bra? <laughs> Though these these questions may be things Amos asks, but the creepy National Furtiveness Agency will not hear them because the as we see in the next panel, the mm-hmm. bikini bottom is still hanging down in the window. And now the hyena child <laughs> really looks like a hyena. Oh, it's I mean, it's terrifying. Her hair her hair is like an explosion. It's it's just like yeah. Every hair is going in a different direction. Yeah, like she's been electrocuted. Yes. It's like and her it's teeth like, are like it's her like teeth are nightmares. raccoon teeth or animal. It's like an animal. Her, yeah. Teeth. Her mouth is open and it's black, and you just see like teeth, you see hints of teeth inside. It's really it's really nightmarish. It is disturbing. I mean, and this isn't the most disturbing one in the in this day's. Wait till we get to the third panel. Okay. All right. So anyway, she is now holding a box that we see is an inflatable New York City office building. This is completely a toy that a child could buy. A New York York City office building, completely something that somebody could buy. Well, what was it like one year? It was Tickle Me Elmo, the next year Cabbage Patch, and then inflatable. Tamagotchis. You could get a Tamagotchi. Then yeah. there's like, you know, right. the Nintendo Switch and now mm-hmm. it's inflatable New and York City. Like, literally, office they were the inflatable New York office building was going for, you know, oh, $5,000, uh, you know, so for Christmas popular on eBay. Yeah. The Christmas no of 2013. Yeah. The Christmas yeah. of 2013 was all about the inflatable New York City office building. Well, and also it's a new. Why isn't it the inflatable Empire State Building or some famous building? Why, why is it just a new? New York office building. You are asking all the right questions. It would and make if it's, more sense and why, that it was something famous. How is it? How is it specifically New York City if it's just an office building? Yeah, yeah. Could oh be any. Couldn't it be Dallas? Couldn't it be Chicago? Yeah, it could just be inflatable office building. Nope, NYC, and it says NYC office building. Sure. And the crazy hyena child says loud enough for the creepy national furtiveness agency to hear through a bugged bikini. My mom wants Roger to be an architect. I think that's the subtle message here. So these aren't even hers. Right. There's two inflatable historic buildings for his birthday. (laughs) 
Jesus, two. These parents should be should be lectured. Okay, so now third panel, we're back in Dutch angle. So the world it's has gone, gone wrong. Something is wrong. <laughs> and now what's wrong is the hyena girl looks like a vampire now. Like her mouth is wide open yeah. and it looks like fangs. I mean, it's I'm going to have horrific. to horrific. It is horrific. It is. But it's what he does when like somebody is making a crazy face. They always look like this where it's like, what is it looks troll ish, yeah. not cute yeah. trolls, but like Lord of the Rings troll or orc kind of <laughs> creature. It looks Gollum esque. Well, isn't the the Prince Valiant kid scared at this point? Like, she, no, she's Prince just Valiant, a normal kid over there. Prince Valiant friend is just sitting, leaning back on her arms, and she says, and what I love when he does <sighs> Dutch Angle is that the fucking word bubbles are also at it. Yeah, Dutch I can't angle. figure so it out it makes it hard on. to fucking read. Yeah. So thanks a lot, you dumbass. All right. <laughs> Prince Valiant says... I want to be a second grade school teacher. I uh, want to be a Gorgon dominatrix of the universe. Isn't that the same thing? Pretty much. So what? two children in their, uh, let's call them 10 or 11 at the most. Not One even. of them. Not even. Let's say 10. All right. Let's, let's say 10. Okay. Yeah. You have 10. kids. You know better. What? You let's know better. say 10. Could be eight. Eight to ten years old. One of them wants to be a Gorgon dominatrix of the universe. Well, this child is drawn like a Gorgon. Mm-hmm. Let's look up Gorgon. Let's see what a Gorgon. Yeah, let's look up Gor- actually, Gorgon. let's look that one up. And then I want to know the exact definition of dominatrix too. Oh, a Gorgon is uh, Medusa is a Gorgon. Uh, well, that's why he's drawn the hair that way. The drawing of her hair is is uh, is a literary reference that you know we dumb shits won't get because it's also, Medusa. It's, it's just this big fucking mixed metaphor that he thinks is hilarious to make. It's Greek mythology and then sexual dominatrix well, and that's then what of I'm the universe is- science fiction. So it's just like this. <sighs> that he thinks is hilarious to mix all of these things and really cool to like have a child tell us that she wants to be a dominatrix. Well, I know that's what I want to know is dominatrix specifically sexual in its nature. (laughs) Always. I mean, if you think of a situation in which there is a dominatrix, like, Oh, the, Oh, you're at Home Depot. You need to find something. You need to talk to the dominatrix. dominatrix. Well, I mean, I really, I mean, there is, I'm there trying is to no give him the benefit of the doubt that he's not why? doing something disgusting. Why? I don't know why. Why? I don't know why. I think we can stop with that. There is You're right. no, You're... There's no world in which there is a dominatrix who is not sexual. Okay. There's no world. That's what I that's what I figured, but I was like, maybe I don't know what dominatrix means because he's so smart. So <laughs> I know we're both so dumb. We're so we just dumb. don't get it. We, we do don't not get understand. It. No. We don't get it. And this is our cry for help. We would like him to reach out to us and explain words out. to oh, us. Oh, please and reach comedy. out. Because we don't know what words are or how comedy works. Let's, we're not done with this one yet, though, because oh, okay. the joke is that there is parity between being a second grade teacher and being a Gorgon dominatrix of the universe. Right. So well, to just, be a second grade teacher, you need to be a dominatrix and also someone whose gaze turns people into stone and science fictiony. Okay, cool. Well, and just cool. like out at night doing sex, you know, like looking for Mr. Good Bar. Right. Things. He, you right. know, it's like Good Bar or Goodyear. Looking for Mr. Goodyear tires. <laughs> What is it? Is it looking for Mr. Goodyear or Mr. <laughs> yes, it's a movie about tires. It's just, it's just uh, looking, Diane Keaton just rides around in a blimp. Looking, looking for Mr. Goodyear. Looking for Mr. Goodyear. Uh, that's the weird. I don't that's know why the, I can't meet anybody. Irony. That's the irony of the title because she's in the Goodyear blimp and she's <laughs> looking for Mr. Goodyear. I can't meet people. I'm in a blimp. I can't, how? Why am I not meeting people? I'm in a blimp. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. I so, wanted to start a company. This is for Shark Tank. I always wanted to start a company where you do murder mysteries in a blimp. I think it could sell. I think it could sell. I looked into trying to, I was like, can you just get a ride on the Goodyear blimp? Because it lands, it lands in like near Long Beach. And like, if you're on the 405 out here in Southern California, you drive by it and it's pretty cool to see. And it's like, can you just get a ride on it? No, you cannot. You can't. You can't. You can't. It only, what if we it, make a billion dollars and buy our own blimp? Then we can get a ride on it. Sure. Then not on that one. Blimp. We get a ride on our own blimp. We yeah. still, even if we, making our own blimp still doesn't get us a ride on the Goodyear blimp. We get a blimp. Why don't we get a we lot of money Shark Tank and, buy and pitch our murder mystery on a blimp. idea? And they'll go, we're going to buy you a blimp. They'll be like, um, but the blimps only seat about eight people and it's so loud in there you can't hear anything right but no one likes to go to a a dinner party with more than eight people but no one likes to no one wants to go to a murder mystery dinner party oh i do (laughs) i've been to them i love them because you get you get your character and you get your costume and your wig and you won't head over to the party i cannot i cannot in good conscience urge you to move forward on this business proposal because you won't be able to hear anybody in it. The, the, the turbines are so loud. Well, we'll be hooked up. that you cannot we'll hook- hear anything. We'll hook up to my, uh, uh, soup thermos microphone. <laughs> See, and that's where the dinner can be in the microphone. The dinner's in the microphone. The dinner's in the microphones. And we all, <laughs> that's the, that's Noise the catchphrase. Headsets. That's the catchphrase. Blimp murder mystery. The dinner's in the microphone. <laughs> the dinner's in, There's a guy doing exciting a shrug. exciting working There's on the There's a blimp. guy doing a shrug. The dinner's in the microphone, I guess. We don't know what we're doing. We, our business model is terrible. We can only have eight people in the dinner party at any one time. They have to get up and fly around for an hour and a half to solve it. They can't really hear each other. And the food that they eat is in a, inside a microphone. <laughs> Should we continue with our, our comic strip? Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah, it is. Uh, okay, so we're still with Hyena Dominatrix Lady, and she and Prince Valiant. <laughs> oh, my God. The Gorgon Dominatrix and Prince Valiant are looking at the two boxes. They still haven't opened them. Still, Oh, they're not theirs. They're for Roger. They're the Roger. Gor- the yeah. Gorgon Dominatrix's brother. She's holding one that says inflatable New York City office building. And Prince Valiant is holding naturally the thing that goes with it, the inflatable cotton exchange. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess these are part of the Lehman Brothers trilogy playset, even though this came out in 2013. Right. 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 No, it, and maybe it, it maybe. Maybe the author of the Lehman Brothers trilogy saw this and was like, oh, I have yeah. an idea for a play. I have an idea for a play. I have an idea. Everybody wants to hear about the history of the Lehman Brothers. For, uh, it, the, children The crazy especially. thing about the children. <laughs> children crazy thing about love. that play, though, is it on paper, you're like, this is going to be the worst play I've ever seen. And it was the greatest play I've ever it seen. It was really great. It was I mean, truly great. It, uh, so that, good. And, and it's no wonder... That children love it. Children love it. Three and a half hours long with two intermissions. Exactly what kids love. It's exactly like any entertainment they see is normally very long with a lot of breaks in the action and then sitting quietly and watching people talk. They love that. They love it. So why wouldn't you make the playset an inflatable cotton exchange? Why wouldn't there be an inflatable cotton exchange? (laughs) And an inflatable New York City office building. These are great things for kids to play with. That Roger, he's going to be an architect. So what better gift for an architect, a kid who wants to be an architect, than um, what, an erector set? No. 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 Uh, A book on architecture, like with pictures, like a Frank Lloyd Wright book. No. 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 And it... what if I were to tell you that there was an inflatable version of buildings? Oh my God! <laughs> it's, right, so. I mean, but no, the, but inflatable cotton exchange also is like, what? Why? Oh, never mind. I can't I even get know. into it. I, I can't even get into it because it's racism adjacent. 
That's all I can think. Oh no. That's all I can oh think. no. Oh, I, I didn't even think of that. Oh my. All I can think. Uh, That's why it popped into his head. Sure. Uh, so in the window behind them, and by the way, the hyena child in this one looks like she could be 40. No, I say 80. It, and okay. it looks like she like her boobs are hanging down like Carol Burnett when yeah. she played yeah. that character. And like, Get like the car, hiked Max. Up, hiked yeah. up like pants up above her navel. Um, she's holding the inflatable New York City office building. Prince Valiant is holding the inflatable cotton exchange in the window behind them. The used bikini bottom that has a microphone in it hanging in the window. And the hyena child says, Until I can realize my dream and become dot, 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 dot. Yes. Gorgon dominatrix of the universe. Let's look at these buildings. And then in the next panel, they are facing each other. And we see all the individual teeth. Her teeth do not. She doesn't have to floss because there's space between all of her teeth. So that's good news. Like corn, dried corn kernels. So that's good news for the Gorgon dominatrix. And she says. Which one do you want to blow up? For the punchline. We cut to the guys surveilling it from the creepy national. What was it? Furtiveness. That's it. Creepy National Furtiveness Association. The guy in the headphones looks shocked. His boss behind him, who looks like Mr. Smith. Was that it? The character from The Matrix? No, not Mr. Smith goes to Washington. No, from the Matrix. From the Matrix. Oh, I thought you were talking about the, oh, we better not go there. I was going to say Men in Black. It does. He he does look like a Men in Black character. And the man, the Man in Black says, what? Okay. Things are heating up. Okay. First of all, can I say on that one, though, like the only reason she says, which one do you want to blow up? Is to keep the story going because otherwise they'd each just get them out of the box and blow them up. Why wouldn't they blow the each of their toys up? It's because it's hilarious. She just goes, Which one do you want to blow up? Why does she say that? We're listening through a bikini, you'll recall. So that's why. Right, but they they do it just so the the creative furtive agency, what a, what is it called? The National Creepy, furtive, the national- creepy <laughs> national Furtiveness Agency. Oh my god. It doesn't it does it doesn't stick in the brain. It doesn't roll off the tongue. No. But man, is it clever. It's so clever. It it's just so doesn't clever. stick in your he brain. He knows right? words. We're dining on words. He's dining on I'm words. I'm sated from this oh, word dine. What what a what a rapa <laughs> I've laid out for my readers. This is uh, this is our this is our shock tank. <clears throat> we'll go up in the blimp. And dine on words. Ah, we'll all dine on words in a blimp. So <laughs> no, in a in a dirigible. He wouldn't say dirigible. blimp. He said a dirigible. In some sort of rigid airship. <laughs> Twenty foot long. Rigid airship. Ride that, baby. All right. So now. The dirty bikini is still hanging outside the window. (sighs) Prince Valiant and the Medusa, I'm sorry, the Gorgon Dominatrix are arguing. Mm -hmm. Prince Valiant says, I'll blow up the New York Central Office building. No, I want to blow up the New York Central Office building. You blow up the cotton exchange. Okay. I have to stop here because it did not say central office building. It just said oh. New York NYC office building. NY. And yeah. So when it, the kid all just it knows said. it's New York central. That's not even like a famous building. The New York central. Is it a thing though? The New York central no, office New York, building? The stock exchange. New like York why? cotton exchange is an actual building. The other one just said NYC office building inflatable. NYC office building. But there's no and New York Central office building. Does no, there is not. And now he's decided he needs it. He needs a name that yeah. makes it sound like a place. An important And so building. he gives it New York Central office building. <laughs> you know, 
where the New York central office is. Yeah. It's the building that houses the New York central office. So when it's you have right a problem with center. New York, they're like, you got to go to the central office. It's at, it's, it's at 50th street, right in the middle. That's at 50th and 50th. <laughs> they're arguing about that in front of the dirty bikini. Oh my God. Stop. And now we cut upstairs to where, nope, Brooke was right. They didn't end up having sex. They're still fully clothed. Right. They're still just sitting there fully sitting clothed. Sitting on their dumb... I mean, I will say that there's a lot of background drawn in this Yeah. One. They're not just in a uh, a void. Right. There's a background. Well, like, like the two children are, like the hyena and the Prince Valiant. Are, there's no furniture in that house. No, they live... <laughs> they are... These are orphans who have found an abandoned apartment and they are squatting in it. But <laughs> they have they're so they're excited to finally get toys to play with. The best toys ever. Inflatable oh. New York office buildings. Oh, uh, wait a minute. And the New Amos, York Central Office Building? Yes, that's one of them. The oh other my God, is can the you imagine exchange. receiving that for your birthday? Oh, as a child, I dreamed of getting the New York Central Office Building. As I a had a New York Central Office Building cake for my oh, ninth birthday. Oh, so lucky. Uh, my parents refused to make me one because of my lactose intolerance. <laughs> I'm not really lactose intolerant, which is good. I love cheese. Oh, God. Moving on. So Amos and Etta are sitting on the couch, fully clothed, because Amos is incapable of romance. He, They're both looking surprised. And Amos says, do you hear a really big bunch of sirens? So Brooke McEldowney never dumbs down his words. And so he intentionally said something as eloquent as really big bunch of sirens. That's his, his eloquence. Because he's such a diner on words. Of words. Do you hear a really big bunch of sirens? It's just sirens. Do you hear? Do you hear, hear sirens? sirens? That sounds like it, you know. That sounds like something serious. There, uh, I hear a lot of. Sirens. Let me let me punch up his punchline, which is not really a punchline. It's okay. terrible. Okay. Um, do those sirens sound like they're getting closer? Oh, that's way better. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Because because in New York, all you hear is sirens. <laughs> it's all so the time. true. There's no. There... Are you hearing sirens? Yes, I live in New York. I live in New York City. It's, it's like it's like it's like asking me when we're walking on the street. Do you smell urine? Yes. <laughs> where it's summer in New York. That's all I smell. Is, is that a urine. Dwayne Reed? Yes. <laughs> they're they're on no. every corner. Yeah. Oh my god. So okay. All right, moving on now. Oh my gosh, you guys, the the faces that Brooke McEldowney has drawn on the Gorgon Dominatrix of the Universe are absolutely bananas. Bananas. They. It's like, are... why would this other child, Prince Valiant child, play with the child? I mean, it's, she's terrifying. She literally looks like some sort of, you know nuclear disaster she came up out of the goop is she human is she animal is she cockroach i mean i don't know and she seems thinner in dimension yeah in this panel and older she seems she doesn't seem 80 but she seems like she's probably 30 yeah okay so they are fighting prince valiant has her hands pulled back though and it looks like she's casting a spell with both hands the gorgon dominatrix of the universe is gritting her teeth her teeth now there's now there's no space between her teeth and they're just it's a it's just square teeth right across and she's her eyebrows are are knitted together and she's growling almost and she says let go of my new york central office building Ew, you've got your lips on it. I don't want to blow it up when you've had your wet old lips on it. And then we cut to the surveillance room and we hear, I guess is what we're hearing because the headphones have been taken off by the man in black who now, like he alternates between having sunglasses on and regular glasses. Oh, that's now oh they're God, regular. You're right. you're right. Now they're regular. Let's go back. Hold on. Let me Wait. see. 
yeah. in well, an earlier one, sunglasses. Okay. The first one we talked about today, sunglasses. Second one we talked about, we don't see him. Third one we talked about, sunglasses. And now we're on this one. Nope, we didn't see him in the last one. And now we're here on number 13. Now they're regular glasses. Cool, cool, cool. When the whole time he's been in, because even in 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 the previous episodes, he was still in sunglasses, correct? Uh, or was he even what? in the previous episode? I don't even know. He Who was cares? at the very end. Remember? No, I care. I oh, you care, care very deeply. Okay, you care at very, the very deeply. end. Uh, we can't tell because we see him from the side. We can't tell okay. whether right. whether they were glasses or not. And so here we are. Suddenly, his he's. He's been indoors the whole time in his sunglasses, and now for some reason he has decided to change into his regular glasses. We hear coming from the headphones that he's pulled off of the uh, the older guy listening. We hear the girls still arguing. I I'm going to give this line to you, Brooke, because we don't know who it comes from, but let's assume it's the Gorgon Dominatrix of the universe. Hey, get your lips off the cotton exchange. Let me listen to that, says the man in black. And the man at the desk says, Get your own earphones. I don't want your dirty, waxy old ears on my earphones. What? So I guess it's a parallel. Oh, they're trying to act. Now they're acting like children. Right. Because she, because that's why there is a weird thing of her saying, blow it up when you've had your wet old lips. Which you know he's it. trying to throw sexual innuendo. Sure. In, you know? Sure. I mean, but then but I don't so that blow set it up, up. Right. You've had your, your wet, wet old lips and then waxy old ears. So uh-huh. it's like, oh, they're fighting like children too. But in order to get there, first of all, the guy sitting at the desk is older than the man in black. And so I don't know why the old guy at the desk would call his ears waxy old ears. Then back to the children fighting. Well, I mean, now they're in their 30s. They've grown up so much since we joined, since we first met them. Kids, they grow up so fast. There's no reason for a child to say to another child, you're wet old lips. Yeah. What I um, and, and I Yeah, I mean I'm I'm just trying to and also. If it's really the equivalent, the the you know the creepy furtiveness agency, the creepy national furtiveness agency, which if is apparently a real thing, just like the just like the microphone in Edda's bikini yeah, is a real, is a real thing. thing. Wait, hold on, that reminds me. We have to go back. We have to go back because I forgot to mention when they are sitting on the couch. And they and we said, do you hear a really big bunch of sirens? Yeah. We see that the cord is attached to something near the. It's like pinned against the wall. Oh by, my gosh! So oh, it again, is. what the fuck is happening? There's a cord attached to this microphone for some reason, but apparently you don't need it for the microphone to still work. Anyway. Yeah, it's just tacked up like a, a curtain tie yeah. back. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So that's, so- It's not plugged whatever, into anything. No, it's not plugged in. And again, if it were plugged in, what is it plugged into? Like, is it connected to their room? How long is the cord? How did she not ever notice it? Anyway, none of it makes sense. And also, like, why are they putting a, why why do they want to listen to a woman's vagina? <laughs> Well, you may find out. All right, let's find out. So here we are. Oh, but wait, I wanted to say, I'm sorry, but like- Oh, go ahead. If this is really the equivalent of like the CIA, wouldn't there be two sets of headphones? Like, why would they have to fight over headphones? You only bring one set of headphones to the- Lowest lowest bidder. Okay, lowest bidder. (laughs) That's the answer for everything. Because if there were two sets of headphones, he couldn't have this punchline. So it's- it's like it's like the equivalent of a terrible sitcom where it's like everything would be undone if the one character would just admit to the lie, right? But instead, the character is going to go to ridiculous. Right. I'm not going to say the one thing that would defuse this whole thing because it is the thin thread that this all hangs from. Sure, sure. So, or in this case, the thick cable that this whole story hangs from is a guitar cable attached to a bikini. For some reason. 
All right, so here we go. We are outside the window. Prince Valiant and the uh, Gorgon dominatrix of the universe are looking out the window. Prince Valiant has her head to the side, thoughtful, thoughtful. She says, why did you throw the New York Central building out the window? No longer New York Central office building, just New York Central right, building. Central. So that's even oh more in specific. Well, because there wasn't why enough did- room. Yeah, no, panel. I think so. Why did you throw the New York Central building out the window? I scuttle my ships rather than surrender them to the enemy. Wow. Look at it rise on the updraft. Okay, so these, as a reminder, these two things that they inflated were not for her. They were for her brother, Roger. They got into, they decided <laughs> to blow them Roger. up. They got into a fight about them. And now this gorgon dominatrix of the universe has thrown both of them they waited until both were blown up and has thrown them out the window well no i think only the the new york central building is out the window okay yes you're right so that got blown up and she has thrown it out the window even though they were fighting over it suddenly they made up blew it up and and then and then they were just she was okay so then we cut to Amos and Edda's apartment, where they're being arrested by agents of the creepy National Furtiveness Association. One of which and we've never seen. It's not the one listening. It's another Men in Black. That I. It's possible we haven't met either of these. That these are other. Oh, operatives. okay. It's very. Oh, you're possible. right. You're right. Okay. And one says to Amos, "You have the right to remain silent." Dot dot dot. Why are you arresting us? For blowing up a building. And then the other man in black says, um, Irving, because out the window, we can only see part of it, but we see a building floating up in the window. So then the next panel is from the outside, and we see the two men in black. And the one says, isn't that an inflatable New York Central Office building? Dot, dot, dot. Gee, look at it fly. Talk about majestic. And then cut back to Amos and Etta. They're angry that they're being arrested, and they should be. The man in black behind them says, Okay, I'll let you off this time. My first thing is the one that says, Okay, I'll let you off this time is drawn exactly like the one that says, Um, Irving. But their faces are completely different in the third one. In the and third then, panel, one looks like he has a fuller face and the other looks like he has a skinny face, but then... Yeah, one not... looks like Richard Belzer. <laughs> but they yeah. both look the same in the second panel. The third yeah. panel, one looks like Richard Belzer, one looks like, I don't know... It's There's a terrible... You Jay are correct. That, yeah, that there's a terrible job being done at differentiating the two of them. But what I want to say is, what has happened is... This government agency has been listening to a woman's vagina. And then the woman figures figures out that her vagina is bugged. So she decides instead of telling somebody about that, she's going to dangle her, her dirty bikini out the window and play a joke on this government agency. Who then hear two children talk about blowing up a very normal toy, inflatable New York office buildings. Yeah, everyone has the New York whatever. office buildings. They keep saying they're going to blow up these buildings. And then they say that they they blew them up. And then the government, without checking to make sure, without recognizing, I did not hear a building blow up. I There's no reports of a building blowing up. Mm-hmm. I think we should arrest these two people for blowing up a building that we have no evidence that there was ever a building blown up because we heard it on a dirty bikini microphone. <laughs> but the, but yeah. the best too is Amos That's and Edna are. are mad that they're being arrested, but it's your own fucking fault. If you just left the, the wire at the pool, instead they brought it home, hooked it up, Right. They put it in her bikini bottom because they're like, we need information on this woman who has thought kindly of President Herbert Hoover 
She has said nice things about this president. Everybody knows he wasn't a good president. 2013, and and this is still a danger to our country. Right. So we need to- The borders of Herbert Hoover. So the best way to get information from her is to put a microphone in her bikini bottom right before she gets in the pool. Yeah. That's so where she, we'll put a microphone in a in a bikini bottom. It's that's, just that's it's connected literally, to a cord that there's no way that will short circuit. Right. It's it's literally just like Brooke McEldowney wanted to like imagine a microphone up against a woman's vagina. Yeah. And putting <laughs> it there. Like that's what this whole fucking thing is about. So let's let's go because now Etta has a few choice words to say to the government agents. Who are standing? They look sheepish, I guess. They look identical, at least. Um, so, uh, Etta says, "Why did you try to arrest us? We could hear you plotting over your wiretapped bikini bottom." And then she, second panel, we see from behind them. She looks kind of playful, coy. It's in small letters because she's like whispering. Here's a secret, and she says. That's so shocking. I mean, she's wearing a a black turtleneck dress. Mm -hmm. And you would think Mm -hmm. if you were a man, certainly after she got out of the pool, she left on her bikini bottom. Yeah, no one wears their bikini bottoms as underpants. You You always take off. You would wear your, you would just keep wearing it all day, every day. You would wear your bikini bottom because women live in bikinis (laughs) in Brooke McEldowney's world. In Brooke McEldowney's world. She literally has to tell people, I'm in a dress right now. By the way, I'm not wearing my bikini bottom. And but insinuating that she's going commando, but that doesn't mean that. I, because I, you don't I wear mean, your bikini bottom as underpants. I don't know that it insinuates commando, but let's assume that that's what he's going for. Like, guys, let's Well, wait till you, know. you see here. Okay, so. Yeah, I know. Amos stares at them because the two government agents are dumbstruck. And he says, they look hypnotized. What's wrong with them? Involuntary mind's eye overload. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's look at. uh, How many times have I said, oh, my God, today? I mean, before, before we parse through that last, this is another one of those like punchlines where it's like, what? Like when it was like, Fewer syllables. <laughs> um, involuntary yeah. mind's eye overload. Okay, so uh, right. So she involuntary mind. Is that just like a thought? You know, like yeah, you're like, visualizing something. Is that what involuntary minds? Why eye do they? Means? What's wrong with them? I talked about my. I talked about my panties. Mm-hmm. This is so and, insulting to men. Thinking that men can't like, they just can't control themselves when they no, see No, every him. man in this comic sees a woman's butt and is like, yeah. must rape, must rape. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what they're saying. It's like, you, it's, it's, it's taking everything you have not to rape her because, you know, if you say bikini bottom, I can't, oh I immediately go and think of her. She said bikini bottom to me. And why did she whisper it to him? Yeah. Because it's sexual. It's that's sexy. why. Okay. All right. Let's let's go on. Now we're on the sixteenth one, right? We're almost at the home stretch here of the of the dirty bikini caper. We're in the apartment. We're still in Amos and Edda's apartment, but yeah. apparently they're gone. They're gone. They have left, leaving two government agents in their apartment. Yeah. yeah. Um and that tried to arrest them. Brooke, in the background through the window, I think we see the actual. New York City Central Office building. Central Office. Okay. Okay. So it's like, it's as if he's like, guess what? There is such a thing called the New York City Central Office building. I mean, I Googled it and nothing came not, up. It's not the New York I mean. City Central. It's just the New York Central oh, Office building. I'm sorry. You're right. New York. So it's Central. not the middle of Manhattan. It's the middle of New York, the state. Yeah. Okay. So, and now, and of course, one, <laughs> one of... <laughs> One of the men in black is making a weird hand gesture. He's shocked. Ah, ah. But whose hand is it? Unclear. I Let's can't say tell. It's the guy who's talking first. He says, hey, what happened? Where'd they go? I feel as if I've been stunned by a taser. 
She whispered that she wasn't wearing her bikini bottom, dot, dot, dot. Hey, what happened? Where'd they go? I feel stunned, he says in the second panel. The last thing I remember, I told you she said she wasn't wearing her dot, dot, dot. And then we cut to the outside. It's night now. So, ah, time has passed. In the first panel, daylight. In the next one, the sun is setting. And in this one, the moon is out. And now we're outside the building and we hear, hey, what happened? So the reason they have been bugging Etta's vagina is it has magical powers. Simply talking about her bikini has put them into a time loop where they they keep being stunned and then keep waking up from it. They can't because she's gone commando. They can't stop thinking about her <coughs> naked nether region. And that's what they're so I mean, again insulting to men it's insulting oh, someone to told everybody. me they weren't wearing underpants i can't do anything i can't i can't move we are at 17 so i cannot wait to see if he sticks the landing <laughs> here we go i think you know the answer to that he's gonna stick the, the landing Ed and amos they left their apartment leaving two total strangers who are government agents standing in it thinking about her vagina they because they were stunned because she talked about her vagina and now they're eating. They're at a restaurant. Amos says, what did you whisper to those snoops from the creepy National Furtiveness Agency? Nothing really. Just that I'm dot, 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 dot. Not wearing my bikini bottom. Yeah, so she leans. She leans. She literally comes across the table. Look, oh, yeah. look at how it's drawn. Oh, that's she weird. Comes up, they're sitting across the table. She climbs across the table to whisper into his ear. Oh, not wearing my bikini bottom. Now it's minutes, hours later. The waiter shows up. Edda is no longer there. And the waiter says, sir, dot, 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 dot. The lady said you'd be paying, sir. And that's the end of the 17-day. All I can say is, I know for a fact, when he finished drawing this, he pushed himself back from his desk, and he said, nailed it. <laughs> You're he right. He pushed himself I mean, back from his desk. With his boner. Yeah, with this, but that's what I was going to say. Pushed himself back, nailed it, and, and now said, I'm going to nail it. this and boner then, with my hand. <laughs> to review, in Brooke McEldowney's universe, there is an expectation that what women wear is bikini bottoms. As underpants. That if they're not wearing a bikini bottom still after leaving the pool, they must be naked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, you don't like, put anything on after is, that. How is a woman in a dress saying to you, I'm not wearing my bikini bottom? How is that sexy? Shouldn't you know intuitively she's not wearing her bikini bottom? Right. That would be that'd be a given. It would You're be, not swimming anymore. You're not wearing a <laughs> bikini bottom. You've you've finished swimming. Why would you still be wearing your swimsuit hours later at your house and now you're dressed? Did you, you your expectation if you're Brooke McEldowney is you wore a bikini to the pool. So then you have to, when you come home, you just put your clothes on over your bikini. Yep. That's the way it's done. And so a sexy thing for a woman to say is I'm not wearing my bikini bottom because that means I'm not wearing underwear. It, of course, it derails Amos. He's sitting there not because he's stunned by the sexuality of it. He doesn't understand what it means. Right, well, he blew it Never. earlier. He blew it earlier when she was trying to, you know, right. get things right. going. And then they just ended up sitting on the couch listening to sirens, a bunch of sirens. She set, whispers it to him. He freezes. She's like, fuck it. I'll go back to the my apartment. I know there's two guys in suits there. Yeah. They'll still be there. You know what? They think I'm not wearing underwear. That's they can take a good crack enough at for this. Me. They can take a crack at this new car smell. Oh, my God. 
I just said, oh my God, again. I can't. I sure hope I can inflate their New York central office buildings. Eight footers? I'm in. Woo. Can't put away to put my old wet lips. <laughs> oh, my old wet. Oh, my God. My old. My old wet lips have got them in a spell. Those old wet lips that I know so well. <laughs> oh. Those icy fingers up and down my spine. <laughs> Those old that same old tingle that I feel inside. Oh, so, that same old tingle that I feel inside from the microphone in my vagina that you put in my <laughs> bikini bottoms for no reason. From 1978. Well, we did it, Brooke. We did all 17. And I think just like Brooke McEldowney, we can push back from our desks and comfortably say, Nailed it! it! Nine Chick Read Rage is written and produced by Brooke Dillman and Jeff Drake. If you're enjoying the podcast, help us spread the word. Tell your friends, subscribe, like, review, all that stuff. Also, if you've been exposed to a Nine Chickweed lane in the wild, so sorry, but let us know. We're on Twitter, at Nine Chickweed Rage, that's us. Send us a message and we'll do our best to explain it on a future podcast. And again, thanks for listening. Blimp murder mystery. The dinner's in the microphone. <laughs>